one hey folks how's it going we have another episode for you for oh i'm gonna say what's the name of the show <laughs> what's your come up story <laughs> right here live on change the brain i'm here with my host co-host k fit k fit how you doing i'm doing good i'm feeling good how are you um excellent excellent and just for those of you that uh, have been with us on a regular basis, please, by all means, feel free to ask questions, post comments. In fact, you can even post hashtag live to let us know that you are there. And if you're watching in the replay, you can do the same. Today, we're speaking with a young lady that, uh, like many of us, she's an entrepreneur. And we want to dig into her story because many times people only stand on the sidelines and watch, not realizing they can truly be in the game. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. All right. So, again, if you've been standing on the sidelines, you see that everyone on social media is in the service industry or the product industry they have something to do something to offer well if you want to be in the game you got to put yourself in the game there's no one going to say hey would you like to they're going to try to get your money from you but the key is to have something of value to offer and to know the proper steps now we may not go through all of that in this episode but we want to introduce someone to you that um has done just that she's put herself in the game so i'm going to ask kfit to do the honors of introducing our guest for today and i'll stand on the sideline so to speak well good evening everyone thanks for tuning in so what's your come up story tonight we're going to interview omoyeni i am not going to butcher her last name so i'm going to let her tell us how to, we're going to pronounce her last name but we're going to meet omoyeni tonight she is a beautiful talented young lady who is an entrepreneur she does raffles, giveaways, sweepstakes. She does handmade jewelry. And she is definitely a person who I've been engaging with on social media for the last few months. We have um, like-minded friends, like-minded mindsets, and I just knew she would be great for this show. We spoke briefly, and I already talked so I could relate to her. And I was so excited that she was willing to be down to do the show because she has some tips, some techniques, some strengths, some adversity stories and some challenges and she shows and proves how you can do this. So I can't wait for you guys to meet Mrs. Omoyeni. So Ms. Omoyeni, please introduce yourself for us so I don't butcher that last name. Hi, my name is Omoyeni Pinlaye. So it's E Pin Laye, but everybody calls me Omoyeni or call me Yeni. Um, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out to me so I could be on your show. Thank you. I'm so happy you was able to make the time. I want everyone to quickly, quickly see the beautiful handmade or beautiful clutch that I won via social media. And you can explain all the details if I said anything wrong to anyone, just so people can see this handmade craft of talent that I was so blown away by. So one moment, guys. <laughs> so this is it. If you guys can see this, purple is my favorite color. It's so elegant, it's so beautiful, it's so soft. The inside texture is so beautiful, so wide. I hope you guys are getting a nice little view of that. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely following her. I have to talk to her, we have to connect. I have to learn more because just like you, I'm out here branding, growing, and I know I can learn something from you, you can learn something from me. So thank nice. you. You're welcome. Listen, before we get into the entrepreneur that you are today, want to find out a little bit more about the woman that you are. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, where are you from originally? Okay, so I'm from the Bronx, okay? My Hold family, you know, I'm a first... Huh? Excuse what's me? What's your name? Omoyeni. And you're from where? <laughs> I'm from the Bronx. So, actually, let's like this. I'm a first... <laughs> I'm the first generation Nigerian oh, that was nice. born in the Bronx. <laughs> so I grew up in the Bronx, moved upstate to Rockland okay. County. Um, so that's where I really just basically raised it in Rockland County in the suburbs. 
Um, but you know what? I always represent the Bronx because that's where we all started, my family. So all day, every day. So basically, I grew up in the Bronx and uh, my family's from Nigeria that came here. I have, um, you know, you know, my family, my parents are immigrants that came into the country. And my mom was a registered nurse who actually was a supervisor that elevated into um, the executive roles and everything like that. She managed several, she at the time, she managed several um, facilities in the nursing home um, before she passed away. And my father actually worked for the city of New York in HPD Me and too. does real estate on the side. Yeah. playing. I worked with HPD at uh, first was at City Hall, then they moved down to 39 Broadway. Broad, broad, Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But he worked in Gold Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where my orientation was. Look, I remember all this like it was yep. yesterday. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was, was it Gold yep. or something like that. Wow. The connections yep. already building, connections. That's amazing. Yep. So before he retired, I believe close to 10 years now, over 10 years. And um, so, but the thing about it, my business and myself, I actually work in, um, I work in finance. I do have a full-time job. I work in finance. Um, my degree but is in economics. There, before we go there. Okay. Why or how is it that you didn't end up in the health and wellness uh, line of, of work? I don't like blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. All that, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All that stuff skis me out okay like let's talk about if somebody's telling me about how they had surgery and how they open them up i start to feel it inside me like i start getting it they, i was like nope i don't want to hear it i don't want it Mm-mm-mm. so for me to sit there and try to help somebody in the health field nah so when that's you not say me you can feel it what do you mean by that i'm just curious i mean because i'm big on the spiritual side of who we are as original people and as people that are connected with the divine one. So when you say you can feel it, is it just a normal eeriness or do you have a sensation when you say that? What do you mean by that? I have a sensation and a vivid imagination. Okay, okay. (laughs) Very vivid. So I can actually see it being done. I can feel it, you know, and that's why I tell people not to explain it to me because it just... I, it takes on a new thing that I just don't want to, I start you know to feel what? for them. And I'm like, no, you know what? I think that there's a gift within you that you may be, um, leaving dormant. You're allowing it to be dormant. I can't say what it's for, but I don't know if you've ever heard, have you ever heard something like that? I've heard similar things, you know, in that retrospect. So it's possible. Okay. Um, right. not saying that it can't open up, but that part right there, I don't know. Right. It may be, you know, I think everyone's gift, everyone has a gift, and it's up to us to, to, to nurture it. And how it's used or what it's going to be used for, it's not for anyone on the outside to necessarily, necessarily tell you, but you can discover it once you are open to it. That's my true, genuine feeling. Excuse me. And, and that's um, true. Yeah. That's very true. I'm not even going to deny that. It's very true. Yeah. But that part right there, if it's, I don't know. See, because if I don't know about that from, one, I have to embrace it. If you look, if your parents are from the old country, I know they know that they knew and that they know. You know what I'm talking about is real stuff. That's real talk. No, they know. Yeah. Yes, definitely. There's so many aspects of it. You know that I could speak off paint. You know offline that. I could tell you about that. I totally understand where exactly where you're coming from. Okay, cool. So I love now, the telekinetic things we're doing right now, how we're talking, but not talking. I love this. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how was it growing up as a teenager, you know, being a first generation Nigerian, how was growing up as a teenager for you? What was that experience like? It was a little bit weird. Um, I would have to say that um, there was a lot of adjustment. You know, I was didn't really find myself into onto college, um, and the reason why is because in some aspects, because I grew up here, you're you're accepted as being black. But I also grew up in a suburb, so you're dealing with the fact that I'm black. Okay, I'm dealing with the fact that it's white, and you're growing up in a time where you 
as for me, I grew up very naive. And at times I always tell people I am a little bit naive um, with certain retrospect, only because I was not in a place where it was just more like you are looking at white, you're looking at black, you're looking at, I embraced everything because more than likely because I grew up in a family where I did see white people. I did see different cultures. I was open to it. We were embraced by it, you know, so it was nothing new to me. So when you're growing up and trying to find your identity and people are talking to you saying, oh, you sound white or you sound this or you're trying to do like that and you're trying to identify yourself in between, it's kind of hard. And then you're dealing with the fact like I'm African, yep. but I was born here and you're trying to be accepted as a Nigerian and you know your parents came into the country to provide you with a better life but at the same time you're also trying to you know assim- not assimilate but trying to adjust. hold on to your culture that you grew up yeah. with and trying yeah. to adjust to where you live with as well so and the thing yeah. about it was that you know many people don't realize that i did live in nigeria okay. i lived in nigeria for about yeah my first eight years of my life so you know i was born here but my parents thought that maybe we could go back you know, go back, see how it is, how we could adjust, how we could live and everything like that. So we were there for, I was good there for like about seven, eight years, you know, um, understand Yoruba. I can't speak it fluently, but I understand it very well. I was going to ask you about um, the language barrier or, you know, how, how did that play a part in your whole transition? Well, for me, I didn't have that language barrier because I understood it. Um, if you ask me now, I can't speak it fluently. I do understand it. So you hear me drop little things here and there, depending on who I speak to, whether my husband or, you know, friends, you know, my dad or something like that. But, you know, um, when it comes to, I try to speak it more when it, when my grandparents were alive Okay. because they didn't speak English. So mm. Yoruba was their, was their native tongue and it was kind of hard, but it was funny at times too, but at the same time, it was something that was something that you know, that created the bond with my family, with my, you know, my grandparents. But you know, when you're in the United States, it's kind of hard when you're trying to work it out because you're trying to find a balance as a teenager, and I couldn't find that balance. And I finally found that balance. To be honest with you, my probably my last year in high school and in college, because at that point I was willing to accept who I was which is literally an African-American. And I am an African-American that has an origin, that knows their origin and knows where it comes from. So that was something that I started to embrace and started to teach and stand for when I went to college and tried to, you know, get some little things going on here and there. And I find that interesting because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, whether you're born here or not, to become an entrepreneur, there are many obstacles and hurdles that have to be cleared. And if you're what they call a foreign national or whether you're whether you are or not, doesn't matter. The point is that there's always an obstacle. What's difficult for one person may be simplicity to another person. But if you really want it bad enough, you can get it. Now, it doesn't guarantee a certain dollar amount or level of status. But the point is, you can still be about something that you want to do. It's easy for people to just say, yeah, I could never do that. Or, yeah, but I don't believe in it. I don't believe it's ever too late. And I don't believe there's any reason why people should not uh, excel at something that's in their heart. So that's why we talk about the early uh, beginnings and the, the challenges that you may have uh, endured. Now, what would you say was one of your toughest challenges, you know, up until your 20s, I say? I'll be honest with you, dealing with my mom passing away. Mm. Um, so I still get teary eyed when I talk about my mom. And the reason why I get teary eyed, cause she, it's, she was the one that actually developed this brand that I have now. Um, she was the one that instilled the tools that I am doing now to do that. And watching both my parents, both of them were entrepreneurs in their own retrospect with trying to sell things from Nigeria here or trying to build a brand here to try to bridge the gap between Nigeria and the U.S. So, you know, my father's in real estate, like I said, and mm-hmm. um, he created, and people don't seem to realize, my father's had for over 
27 years in real estate, I believe. And um, he bridged the gap between real estate, you know, owning a home, having that American dream with Nigerians, Black Americans, everybody, you know, all that's retrospect, African-Americans, everything like that. He created that platform and he opened, not that he focused just solely on that group, but they were basically drawn to him in a sense. And he provided that dream and he helped them secure the, either secure the loan, helped them. He knew where to go, how to do it, how to discuss. So that drive from both my parents, um, especially a, 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 anybody who has Nigerian parents or African parents, there's always that Excel part, that drive. You yeah. can't be anything less than you are. You know, everybody laughs about it, but in our, the African community, it's either your doctor, an engineer, you know, a lawyer, and that thing. So right. I broke the mold in a sense because I'm neither one of those. But at the same time, I picked up the entrepreneur aspect of both my parents. Yeah, you just went in and direction watching that them in the for you. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. it was one of those things that I saw them do that I incorporated. And my mom is the one that actually built this, like jewelry. I would wow. see my mom getting dressed up to go to the party. And she's like, oh, I need some jewelry. And of course, she could wear the golds and everything she had. But then it was those beads, because what we are is we're a country that uses beads in you know, corals and stuff like that. So she'll go buy the beads and I used to go with her and tag along with her. I knew exactly where to go and everything like that and watch her string the beads up to go to the party. So she would design her shoes. She would get the plain shoes, put the embellishments on the shoes and everything like that. So that's where I really got a lot of the creativity that I'm doing now is through art. So that's really what it was. But when she passed away, it was kind of like a blow to me because she was like my best friend. I look like her, so I am like her. And um, she was the one that actually gave me the tools to channel. It was a way to channel my um, emotions because I used to get in trouble a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) she used to give me things to do so I wouldn't get in trouble. So either stringing the beads, making jewelry, watching her do certain things, get her things with her, or I tag along with her whenever she went downtown to go purchase the things that she needed material clothes stuff like that so okay, when i got brazil older that's jumping on to say hello hello brazil how are you if you have any questions or comments please by all means uh, make your comments or ask your questions so glad that you are here to join us tonight so l- l- let me ask you this um at what age were you when your mom passed and at what age did you pick up the baton, so to speak, and start the business? So my mom passed away when I was 19, 20. Okay. So I was about, yeah. So it was a year before I graduated college. So she she passed away in 2000. And I always had the baton. <laughs> I never lost the baton. So what happened was um, my mom taught me crocheting. It all started with crocheting. And crochet. people... <laughs> I loved it. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. So I used to crochet. I used to make blankets, dolls, dresses for dolls, everything like that. And people would wonder why I started crocheting when I was in college. People knew when I was angry because I would sit there and crochet a whole blanket in about two, three hours. Well, you do a chain so... for, for, for two blocks long. <laughs> <laughs> So it was one of those things. So I just started crocheting, 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 crocheting. So I used that. I would make baby clothes. I would make baby, you know, things, baby blankets, christening outfits, stuff like that. People would call me to do all that. So then that's how it started. But then I didn't take it seriously till about, not seriously per se, making stuff till about probably she passed in 2001. So I would say somewhere in 2005 or six is when I started making jewelry. Well, we got some questions again um, about your website. Sure. Can you just say what your website is? Oh, so my website is www.omoyeni.com. You can see my logo on this side. There you go. Yeah. Is it <laughs> Omayeni, yes, my name. That was one of the things that I had to fight people with because um, I didn't want to use my name. 
Oh yeah, that's 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 golden. You only like Oprah or Miani. <laughs> there's only one. Yeah, there's only one. So again, it's o m o y e n i dot com. Um, I was literally fighting with somebody to use my name. I didn't want to use my name. It's one of those things. Is like one of the things I learned in this industry that you you are your brand and you have to be your brand. So my name, because yes. it stands out the way it does, is the reason why I use it. So um, and I embraced it because I was I'm always the kind of person that wants to be behind my brand. I love making things. I don't have a problem being behind the scenes, building things up and everything. Right. But being forced in the forefront is a scary situation. <laughs> Trust me, as a speaker that's spoken before thousands and as a entertainer who has done the same thing before large audiences, it can be a lot to bear, especially in the very beginning. So I commend you for sure. Yes. Um, Thank you. I want to, um, we got some comments. I want to see if I can see what the comments are in the group because um, we love the engagement and we love being able to you know, share the share your information as well as as well as satisfy the uh, inquiries of those that are uh, watching the program. So let me see. Okay, okay. So the site is there. Recovery, thirteen years. I'm not sure what Asena means by that. Okay, we got several people watching. Actually, some former guests, uh, Earl Hawkins, who is a Swimmer, I'm gonna call him an Olympic swimmer because black people and water don't normally go together. But he was on the show a few <laughs> weeks ago, and he uh, was so good that he got a scholarship for swimming. And we have a um, recording artist known as Success, Kyrene. Ky well, this this use this artist's name. Success is his name as an artist, hip hop artist. He's uh, from the DMV, currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia. He was checking out the show with us as well. Um, Chiron is his name, but I always call him by his artist name because, you know, when we try to, just like you, Olayemi, when we try and, and start a business and our brand and our name and our face becomes known for whatever it is that we do, recognize me, call me by my name because that's what it's about. Like me, Sir Charles. Of course, I wasn't born Sir Charles, but I've been Sir Charles for well over 20 years now. So, so I'll be honest with you. I meet people sometimes and say, hey, I'm John. What's your name? And I got to I gotta think, okay, am I wearing the speaker hat or the singer hat? And, and I'm just like, for a fraction <laughs> of a second, sometimes I get stuck. But I want to thank all those that are watching us today. And if there are any comments or questions, please feel free to share your comments. And uh, KFIT put your website in the feed so those of you that are interested in uh, her wares her products and the service she provides please check her out um so again let's let, let's get back to you um so okay so it was a little while after your mom's passing that you really took it a little more serious and you began to uh really look at it as a business and you started it so now how mm -hmm. long has your business been in in existence legally on paper with llc 10 years i'll be 10 nice. years come march of 16th of next year That's um up. so thank you um but i've been doing it for more than 10 years i've been doing this since my 20s i'm 42 and so i've been doing it for quite a long time um i won't say that i started out being the best but over time i learned and actually build up my brand as well as my expertise in the jewelry and the type of stones that I use. Um, so whenever anybody ever asks me what kind of stones that is, I'm not going to be blinded to tell you. Like right now, I'm wearing a tiger eye beads and with vermel, um, gold vermel um, spacers and everything. And, you know, um, and I try to give a little bit of element. So if you go on my Instagram page or Facebook page, you will see the description of the beads and what the beads mean, um, uh, the source like of energy everything like that so you know either is protection either is awareness whether is you know a lot a lot of things that come from the earth and everything so my bees and think people say oh your bees don't look and they look they're not expensive um i'm not trying to break your wallet <laughs> yeah i, I respect and that because so, that's you look any entrepreneur 
that provides a service or a product, in my opinion. And it's not all about, you know, um, this is the Riri brand, um, you know, because I've been in business for 100 years and I know the ins and outs of the industry. Yes, you are valuable, but that doesn't mean you have to try to, you know, break the bank because of what you do. There are many people. Look at Shaquille O'Neal. We know he's a multimillionaire. He's become okay. more of a multimillionaire in the past, I'll say, five to seven years after his retirement than even as an NBA player. He had sneakers and Payless. Meanwhile, Michael Jordan, LeBron, and all the rest of them guys, they were, like, raking in the cash, $200 and $300 a pair. Meanwhile, Stephon Marbury and Shaq, you can get uh-huh. a pair of their sneakers for 20 or $30. Made in the same sweatshops uh, in uh, mm-hmm. overseas. So I commend you for just being honorable enough, you know, because there comes a time when maybe your prices will increase, and they probably should. Well, I see, for me, the thing about it is that I work on how I outsource my business. And even, of course, I have to pay myself because I am the person that makes it, or I outsource it, or I, I ship it in and all that stuff. Those are the things that I do, but I'm still going to be reasonable with it, you know? And at the end of the day, I know what I get and how I get it. So anything about it is that, but at the same time, I also know the market in which I'm trying to reach. I'm trying to reach people like myself, you, everybody. I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. I have graced the, the my jewelry has great celebrities, but at the same time, honestly, celebrities are not always going to be checking for me. And I'm going to have to reach out to my own community and people that I deal with. So I do, I look at what people wear. I look at how they go. And I even listen to what they're saying in regards to what they need. And I w- I'm not going to lie to you. When I went, the how my business started came from me going to the store. And I said, oh, I, w- I, need, to, I need to rock the latest for this party. Let me go see if I can get some jewelry. And they're rocking beads. And I'm looking at the beads like, wait. I can make this. They selling it for this. I can make this. So I went downtown where my mom used to take me. Right. Looked for the stores that she used to take me to. Looked for the beads and started making it. I didn't know nothing about the, what the beads. I didn't know about Tiger. I didn't know about Hematite. I didn't know about Pearls. I didn't know about Onyx. I didn't know anything. I just looked for the latest thing that was cute so I could rock for the party. But when I saw the price at the store versus how much it takes to get the material... I realized, you know, not knowing, you know, charging for my time, I sat there and I'm like, I can make this. No doubt. And then, you know, of course, when I started to rock the stuff that I made, literally my friends would want to take it off my neck. So that was how the business part of it came into play. And that's when I started to take it seriously. And I'm not going to lie, I went through a lot of ups and a whole lot of downs. Okay, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the type of material I do. I didn't know about stringing wire. I didn't know about the wires I was using. I didn't know about the stretchy cords. I know nothing at the time. But over time, when I started to take it seriously, um, I started to educate myself. Um, One of the things that I am wanting to do is I always research on my own, the type of beads, the things that I'm doing over time, I started to learn. I mean, even now, I might not be accurate with the terminologies, but best believe if you came and asked me a question, I will look and research it and get back to okay, you. Okay, Grand, you just walked yourself right into a question. Now, bam, here we go. I hope you got your, your thinking cap on because here it comes. What is, because I think I have an idea, even though it's not my industry, but I'm going to let you, because you're the expert. What is it better to have the stretchy connection or the solid connection? Like, what's better? The wire. The wire is better. Uh no, 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 no. It depends on you. It depends on really your comfort. See, I'm going to tell you, the stretchy one is easy. You put it on, you take it off. The wire, you have a connection. You had a lobster claw connection, you know, that you put on. You might have a toggle where you just have to do it. See, with that, you might have a little bit of, you got to yeah. play with it to get it on. Yeah. But I tend to, I do both, you know, if you react me, but I do both. But I tend to focus more on the stretchy because it's very easy and convenient. And a lot of yep. us, you know, we live in we live in New York. It's put it on, 
Keep it Let's going. go. Yeah. Exactly. The only time you ever see me use toggles and lobster claws or anything like that is if I have it around my neck if I'm making a necklace. Because gotcha. something got to give. <laughs> <laughs> right. K-Fit, what kind of questions do you have in regards to uh, the conversation thus far or uh, anything else? In fact, before you go, we've got a, a comment by someone else. Um, Sharon Parker, my sweetie, she says, love your story of how your mom inspired you to pursue your entrepreneurial dream. Look forward to supporting you. your jury energy Thank brand. You. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Nice. So, what you got, so I do have a question for you. Um, I hear how, you know, the motivation and the backstory of, you know, how your brand started. But at any point, did you ever feel that it was supposed to be something else? Was it something else in your mind that you were just as passionate about or more motivated about, but you just never acted on it? Good question. No, because I do everything. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is that, <laughs> um, okay, so like I said to you, my parents are an inspiration. And people will say, you know, I don't look to other people. But my parents gave us a platform. Um, I have two other siblings, another sister and a brother. Um, we all, if we wanted to go dancing or if we wanted to learn ballet, they put it in ballet school. If we said we wanted to go swimming, they put it in swimming school. You want to go to karate, they put us in karate school. They always kept us active. So it was not like we were never active. So in life, when I got older, if I wanted to do something, I did it. And so there was never any restrictions. If I wanted to sit, learn how to sing, I went to learn how to sing. I wasn't the greatest at it, but at least I know I tried. Right. So one of the things that I've always done, like, you know, I started making jewelry on the whim and went for it. And, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of downs and there's been times even yesterday I was like, dude, am I going to handle this business going forward? Like, is this something that I could hold on to? And then I think to myself, nah, man, I put too much time and money in this business. It's going to succeed. You know, even through this COVID, something going to give. If I have to change my plan on how I do something, then I'm going to do it. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to let go of my dreams. Now, are there other things that I do want to do? Yes, I want to learn how to sell. As much as I'm creative and everything else, I don't know how to sew. I bought me a sewing machine during COVID last year. That's what's up. Okay. And I am going to enroll in classes to learn how to sew because that's another part of my business, another part of the business I want to branch into. You know, they always talk about multiple stream of income. So I'm going to find me my other income. So that's one of the things I did. I work with kids. Um, I work in finance. You see finance is one, one end of the spectrum and I work with kids. Um, when foster care, that's another end of the spectrum. I do believe in multiple stream of income. I also believe in having different career paths because you never know when one's going to dry up and fail on you. And then so being to having that aspect of what I have and knowing that I had that opportunity to do whatever I want, I go for it. And if I don't know how to do it, I'll find somebody to do it to help me do it. And I think that sewing um, arm or that sewing leg will really complement the other aspects of your business too, because it's all in the same vein of, you know, <clears throat> jewelry, whether it's costume or, or however it's categorized, but the jewelry, the fashion, I believe it, uh, you're going to probably find some way of incorporating maybe the two together or just incorporating. Oh, I already have. Oh, see, Damn. Look at you. So I went last year, you know, one of the things, you know, COVID was a blessing and a disaster at the same time last year. And I think it gave people a time to reflect on what they can and cannot do, or even to build other businesses or right. to set up a path for them. So for me was, I was trying to figure out what else can I do that could add on to my business. And not only do I do the jewelry, I also have the bag for what I included. But people don't know was last year I went and taught, I went to a class to learn how to make fedora hats. Wow. So I do know how to make a hat. I've made a couple. Um, I am not going to show it yet because I'm a perfectionist, but that's where the sewing comes into play as well. So that was one of the things that I wanted to learn and master and, and add on to it because, you know, my accessories, yes. It's bags and jewelries um, and jewelry for women, jewelry for men. But then I have bags and I was like, okay, you know what? Let me add a little something else that will probably draw the men into it a little bit harder 
and that is making fedora hats. So I started to learn how to make a hat. Um, the sewing part comes into play because I wanted to incorporate, you know, African material like Ankara and everything that I normally have that are used to make the bag into the hat, but in a way that would, uh, you know, accentuate for the men and everything. So that's one of the things that I'm working on, and that's why Smart. I want to learn how to sew. <laughs> Look, see, if I got a lot of questions, it's because interesting conversation <clears throat> develops or invokes interesting questions or curiosity mm -hmm. questions and when you have a fedora can it be a i call it stingy brim that's old school but stingy brim or a bigger brim can they both be fedoras yes good see anything good. about it i'm learning i'm and i'm learning this so i'm not going to say i'm the i know everything but based on what i was taught you can't and you could also adjust the fedora in a certain in a, a bendable way where it's it catered to you nice. so it could be it could it, and it really depends on the person to be honest with you and that and that's one of the things that i'm trying to work into my business is this going to be a customized item or is this going to be ready made because one of the things i have to think about is people's head size and get the average know. size make only the average size and everything else is on demand that's what I was doing, but you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times I like to cater to people a little bit to give them exactly what they okay. want. And the reason why I say that is because then you could be like, that's a one of a kind. <laughs> See, you got me, you got me going because I'm all excited. I'm like, okay, those are going to be the customized packages that will come with the bracelet the necklace, the hat, and they can get that for X amount. <laughs> See, I can't help it. I can't help it. When I hear a good idea, I'm all down with how do you package that? You know what I'm saying? And that's a, that's another thing. See, that's one of the things in my business. And you funny you said that packaging. I am struggling with packaging right now. And the thing about it is that. We can talk offline if you want to. Oh, okay. Because that's one of the things I know. But the thing about for me, I know I could get my packaging products from China, but that's not what I want to do. Right. I really want to support my community, whether it's within mm. the United States, meaning the black community, or back home in, in, in Nigeria. Sure. Because one of the people don't seem to realize, and I'm, gonna, I'm saying this as I have this platform, if you look at a lot of African countries and see what they're specialized in, Mm -hmm. They're no different than China. If anything, I'll be honest with you, they stole it. China stole it from oh, yeah, a lot that. of the African countries oh, because they used to come in. Yeah, so I'm telling people now, what you're starting to see on that you outsource in China stuff, really a lot of them came from Africa. And I could speak for Nigeria, like all the boxes, let me give you an example, those handles, boxes and everything like that, they can make it in Nigeria and do it a whole lot better. Um, and I always tell people, always look at things, even the bags and everything. Um, look at these countries and look at what they specialize in and support them because a lot of them are not making the money that you think they are. And if right. you go to them, they'd be very much appreciative of the service or even the purchase that you get from them. So I do suggest people to look, um, like everybody else, just be careful, but you know, look into these African countries. A lot of these African countries have specialties, houseware, essentials, homeware, essentials, curtains, everything, bags, clothes, jewelry, beads, everything. We have it. And I, and, you know, and I encourage people, if you can, go to Africa, go to these countries. It's very beautiful. It's heartbreaking, but beautiful at the same time. Because if you go and support them, you don't know who you're taking out of poverty. You don't know who you're touching. You don't know what you're doing. And that's one of the things that I'm a big proponent of because I make jewelry. And yeah, can I make these bags? Of course I can. I just don't have the time. But I have no problem purchasing and buying it from somebody, outsourcing it to somebody, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. do. I have, I have three... I have three um, bag designers, um, two Nigerians and one from Ghana, who makes my who made my bag, nice. and um, and the thing about it is that they're excited when I call. I can I'm like a returning person to them. I have designs. I tell them, do you know how can you make it this way using this material? I support my aunt, 
my um she actually sells Ankara clothes I call all my family members and I said hey I need this done can you make this can you not make this and um and they'll tell me I'll get the material from my aunt she gives it to the person to make the bags and they ship it to me and you know this is where you keep it within your family you keep it in within your community and you support people over abroad and people don't seem to realize a dollar goes a long way in these countries so yeah. you don't think that as much but it is a lot and you and you'll be surprised because when people look at me and they're like oh my god your bass cost this but it's you it's so much hand crash and hand craftsmanship and stuff is beautiful and everything like that i'm not going to charge you knowing how much i got it made yeah, a crazy you know amount what, of though, money now i know what i said earlier in tonight's broadcast mm -hmm. but at the same time craftsmanship goes a long way as far long as, way mm -hmm. as far as quality and as far as value and a lot of people don't realize that and, and i get it we want the hookup i get that but if you respect an entrepreneur and if you really like a product and you understand business you know you put those three things together which i know a lot of people want to ignore but you put those three things together craftsmanship is part of what makes something uh, valuable and you know there's a price for craftsmanship just like the labor you know and they are one in the same but they're separate at the same yeah. time you know craftsmanship is the ingenuity the creativity the innovation the labor is just doing it so if you put craftsmanship uh, and, and labor it's 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 a price point that really should be considered and valued, honestly, in my opinion. And I think that uh, people should start, especially our people in America, and more in particular, need to start respecting the entrepreneur and um, stop looking for the hookup. Just pay the price that's being asked or requested, because if it was your product, you would want the same. So, um, exactly. And that's one of the things that I do, because when I sit down and speak to those that make my products, my bags, I ask them to tell me how much the price they are. They, I let them dictate the price. And then when they let me know, and I'm like, you sure? I know, right? No. And the reason why I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you a lot of the bags, and, and, and I'll tell you, and like I tell you, I don't believe in if something was quote to me that I do my basic math, I went to business, I know what it is. You pay for the material, you, you include the material, you include the workmanship. And yes, I also include the craftsmanship of what they do as well. And then the shipping, it got to me. And of course me, I pay myself because of the negotiation skills sure, I put to, into course. play. And one of the things I don't ever do is disrespect a person's value of money. I yep. won't sit there and try to haggle you. You know what I'm saying? There's certain right. places where I might haggle you on because I know I did my price comparison, but I won't haggle you on your creativity because I wouldn't want that done to me. So K-Fit, we may okay? have to really revisit um, the K-Fit brand and some of the materials that we're using for, for the future. You know what I'm saying? Can you I'm hear sorry, us? you're kind of low. One second, my ear pod fell off. I didn't want to duck down during the show to pick it up, but that's the cue I can duck down and get it. One second. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely understand what you mean. I understand um, that whole side of business because even as an author, I've written seven books, and you'd be surprised that, especially in the beginning, People will try to uh, under, underscore, underpay me or, you know, like, yo, man, can't you let me get it for 10? Yo, I'm like, come on, man. This is no, that's not how it works. And the thing about it and people don't seem to realize you probably already discounted it down when you brought it to the platform already. Exactly. So and, and that's the thing that people need to understand. Yep. Yep. So keep it. And, and that's what it that, is. I'm sorry. Keep it. What I was saying that we may have to revisit the K-Fit brand on how we get some of our supplies and materials. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm just having a hard time hearing right now because my laptop died on me. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you got to keep that sucker charged. Can, can you hear anything at all? You just sound really low. 
I was trying to charge my um my computer, but it died. That's why I logged up with the phone. I'm so sorry. Okay, but anyway, so if you have some questions, let's let's uh let's hit Oliemi with some questions. Like for example, what would you tell the younger version of yourself versus the you you are now? What would that advice or conversation be like? You can't do everything by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. True, I'm true. learning the hard way. You can't do it by yourself. Pace yourself. Um, one of the things is pace yourself and make sure you open yourself to other people. There's other people, you know, like I've mentioned before, I work in finance. So I understand the branding. I understand the price calculation. I even know how to build websites. I just, a lot of things I could do, but if your focus is your jewelry and your bag and you're trying to create a platform yourself, the thing about it is you can't do everything because that's where you delay yourself in certain areas because you want certain perfection. So a lot of things you kind of hold yourself back and restrict yourself back from. So one of the things is that outsource yourself. I don't see anything wrong with outsourcing. If you don't have the, right. the means to do it, then start out small. You know, there's, there's other stuff like Shopify. Um, I built, I think I built my website one time from Wix.com. <laughs> When it was just popping, <laughs> look, Wix.com right. was it was the thing back then, okay? Right, and right. it still is now. Yeah, I have one you of know, those I too. started to use those. You see, and you know, it evolved because Wix then is totally different from the Wix now, okay? And one of the things people don't seem to realize is I started my website on the Wix, okay? It was like omiyeni.wixsite.com or whatever it was yes. at yes. the time. I was using my cousin who was starting to build out to do pictures she you know she was taking pictures for me because i didn't know about how to do product shots okay um i started i hired a brand strategist too early in my game because i thought i had it like that and you know i burned some bridges i threw because i thought i knew better i thought i could handle it and you know and it didn't work out well for me so i had to sit down and take a step back and see what i really wanted to do and what I needed to do was basically focus on what I wanted to do, which was the jewelry and the bag and outsource the other parts like my website, my like right now, the Instagram posts and everything I take. So I have people who take pictures for me, the actual product shots I do, um, which has been great because if you look at the history of my Instagram pages and I love Instagram because you can see the growth of people on their pages if you scroll all the way to the bottom to where i am now you're going to see a whole you're going to see a timeline of progression of different things that have happened and how my business has grown over years and the thing about it is like my younger self i would have told herself to pace herself take a step back and then go to other people who have certain expertise to help you build you up because you can't be superman yep. at all i tried <laughs> Hey, Fit, can you hear us now? Can you hear us, K-Fit? I'm sorry. It still sounds a little bit low to me, so I didn't really hear everything you just said. I think that's on your end. I'm not sure um, if your phone is up, the volume is up, or... Let me see I can just go plug the wall one second. Okay, well, we're going to go on to the next question. All right, gotcha. Presently, do you consider yourself living or existing? That's a good question. And I would say both. And the reason why I'm saying both is I work a full-time job and COVID actually had me question this last year. I didn't know where to end or where to begin because I was helping family and my sister, my nieces out when in school because my sister's a doctor. So she had to go, she had to go to work and everything. So I took the place of watching the kids and I'm watching her kids. I'm setting them up from school, but at the same time I'm working, I'm waking up at four in the morning going to bed at one o'clock in the morning because I'm trying to balance that work home life 
And I would say a little bit of both. I am living because I am pursuing my dreams and I'm not restricting whatever is going on around me from doing what I need to do. But I am also feel like I'm not going to lie that I'm existing because part of the reason why is that I have certain forms of limitations because I do work a full-time job. Right. And it's kind of hard, you know, doing now because I realized I came to the realization last year or maybe it was early this year that the items that I do sell is considered luxury items. If nobody's going anywhere or trying to floss anywhere, nobody's really going to focus that much or try to figure out what they're going to do. And so that was the reason why I had to think and revamp my business in a sense in regards to what I do. Um, but I will say it's a little bit of both. So I'm not going to say that it's that because there are some restrictions that I have to put on myself, but at the same time that I am grateful because I am still living my dreams in regards to have being a business owner and being able to do certain things. Okay. Um, but you know, at the sense COVID kind of put a damper on it, but also opened up another door in regards to questioning things and me walking a different path than I was last year. Okay, okay. Can you hear us now, K-Fit? Perfectly. I was able to charge it to the direct wall, not an extension cord. So thank you guys, and I apologize. So no I gotta go. I gotta get two questions in though, really quick. Okay. Um, question number one: Do you believe in college or trade school? What has your path been on your position on that? Are you? I believe in both. Okay. Okay. Told you I'm asking. Um, you know, you're either next... a doctor or this or that. So I went to college. <laughs> but I also would, and the thing about it, but I do, I did also, the funny thing about it is I did go into, took some classes in regards to learning IT stuff from here and there. So people don't know that. So like, even me, I'm always constantly learning. I told you I'm going to learn how to, to sew. So that's even, that's going to trade school because it's going to help my business at some point. So I believe in both. Okay. And my next question for you is, if you could live your quote-unquote best life, what would that mean to you? Huh. That's a good question. Living in my truth. Living in my truth, because I know a lot of people find that hard to to do, is living in my truth. Um, uh because when you live in your truth, there's a lot, there's a sense of freedom that you have. Um, I guess the pressures of the world would not hit you as hard. Um, so I believe living in your truth and having that sense of freedom is something that I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I am getting there. And, and, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the type of people I have around me. Um, the, how much I've give of myself because I used to give a lot of myself. And um, and you're thinking you're getting something back in return, and you're not. And I have to come into come to to the realization that not everybody's like me. They're not going to put themselves in forefront, put you in the forefront. They're not going to give you back the same energy or the same effort. So one of the things I started to do in my at that moment is reevaluate the people around me, the energy around me, and even the energy that I exude myself. You know, because there's certain times that I realized that I was exuding negative energy and I didn't realize that and it was not my intention. So basically just live it in my truth and understanding um, my surroundings, the energy I put forth or the energy that I'm taking in. So that's one of the things that I'm learning right now. So that is, I believe, is living your best life, understanding where you stand, the people around you and, you know, and basically trying to give back because one of the things that I do believe in is you're not in this world to just exist. Okay. You have to be not to have to be, try to be service to somebody because you never know. I always tell people you're work as much as people don't want to say I'm a role model. I'm a this, you are a role model. You exist very existent. You don't know who is watching you. So you're very existent set you up as a role model, whether you like it or not. Yep, so, so the path that you walk, believe me, somebody's watching, whether it's your child, your niece, your nephew, 
the the boy down the street, the person on the corner, somebody's watching. So the thing about it is that whether you like being a role model or not, somebody's watching. So, and that's one of the things that I'm starting to realize that living your truth, your you being living your truth, and you being in, in existence as a service to somebody, whether you know it or not. So yeah, yeah. yeah to look, to look, to just be alive, to just exist and suck up all of God's air, you're not really contributing anything. And I think that you you hit the nail right on the head. I mean. I've said that same thing many times myself, and I believe that is part of the key to life. You know, um, you, you're supposed to do something with what you learn. You're supposed to do something with what you have and the value that's within you. You know, when when you're starting out in the beginning of almost any venture, it's probably, hey, look what I can do, and yeah, while I, I kicked butt or I made a lot of money. But after a while, and hopefully not a long while, that song should change to how can I you know, be of service or how can I do this thing that I do so well so that someone can get a benefit from it. You know, the center of attention should come off of you and be thrust upon someone else. And that's also where it comes in when I said that you can't do everything. Yep. And that me realizing I couldn't do everything, I said, okay, who do I know that could do this? I have a brand strategist. She, she's, she's another African person. And she does, she helps me focus on my business. She's helped me build my website. She's managing my social media pages, you know, and that's one of the things I had to learn. But, you know, I, I'm using her platform. She's using my platform because, and that's being of service because you're engaging both of each other together. And at the same time, I also believe in supporting our fellow community, African Americans, and everything. So I buy black. I try my best to buy black. This this top right here, buy black. This red right here was my mom, but I knew she bought it black. You know, it was a lot of things. So the thing about it is that I try to, when what I whatever I say, I try to do, and I try to stand on very well. So, yep. and the thing about it is, I'm trying to make sure that dollar stretches within our community. So. Yeah, that's important. What other questions do you have, K Fit? Sure. So my next question for you would be, are you religious or spiritual? I kind of feel like we did answer this, but, you know, just to be clear, 100%. Hmm. I'm a little bit of both. Okay. You know, I go to a non-denominational church. I believe in God because <laughs> God is the one that helped me here. There's been so many instances, you know, where this business could not be non-existent. My life could be non-existent. I could just, like you were saying, you asked if I was living, I could be just existing, you know? I could be working a dead-end job, you know, for the rest of my life. But, you know, God has blessed me. There's a lot of things that I didn't think that would happen in my life that has been happening. And, you know, and I credit it to God, okay? I credit it to God because if it wasn't for him, I would not be here. And I would not be in the position that I am today. Amen on that. So again, yeah, for sure. give out your um, website so that uh, those that are watching can hear it, and those that are watching the broadcast as a replay uh, can, you know, get the information and hopefully take advantage of whatever you have to offer from a daily perspective or from holidays or whatever specials. I haven't been to the site yet, but I will go. Okay, so my website is omiyeni.com, O-M-O-Y-E-N-I.com. I sell um, jewelry, beaded jewelry um, for men and women. Um, I specialize in jewelry and I have accessories. Um, let me just show you a couple here. Here are my jewelry right here. I tend to rock with bright colors and everything. I do have accessory for men, but those men, the ones for the men tend to go real quickly. <laughs> but um, we, I do have them repeats on the website. You have Excuse me? With, you have anything for the men with you that I could see? Like earth no, tones or not with me things? now. Okay. It's on the website, though. I do have it on the website. Okay. One of the things that my top seller are the chakra beads. They come in with for men and women. I actually have a unisex necklace right here. This is for men and women right here the tiger eye beads 
Um, and I, and the thing about it, I do custom jewelry as well. So if you need something custom and you're looking for something particular, I do sit down and have a conversation with you and discuss some consulting about what exactly you will make. And then I put it together and everything. I also have my bags. This is a big tote, you know, for the ladies, we like big bags. So, you know, this bag alone, it could carry a laptop, the big old church Bible, um, everything shoes and whatnot um those on your website as well yes they are they're on my website here you go also i have a black friday sale coming about where it's going to be 20 percent off on bags jewelry um and free shipping so you know shipping prices are going up so i'm giving you that thing ahead of time but i do want to explain to everybody right here there's going to be some shop black um, shop small businesses, especially during this time, because a lot of your big stores are having problems filling that filling that um, station, um, because a lot of the items are sitting on in the water. This is your perfect opportunity to support another black business, a small business entrepreneur, to reach out not just me but everybody else around me, so around me and people that you may know. Um, so, and you don't know what, what you're doing for them as well, because you might be getting them out of a rut that they've been sitting down for a while. So, you know, I have black Friday sales. I have, I'm actually letting you all know ahead of time. It's going to be 20% off plus free shipping on the website. And, um, I do custom items. There will be some markdowns and discounted prices. That's actually what I'm working on this week to ship some of my older items to the side and make new for newer items. There will be some new Christmas items coming about, um, new bags coming in. There are going to be limited. Um, so basically, one of the things I do tell people, a lot of my items are very limited. So when I tell you, you only like one, probably one out of, there's only five other person that might have the same bag as you, okay? Might be two other person that might have the same jewelry as you. So just know that you really are getting one of a kind. And I always thank everybody for their support um, because you don't have to come shop with me. You can shop anywhere else. But I'm very appreciative of everybody that comes and shops at omiyeni.com. And you thank you both, both of you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we just got some more comments on uh, on your uh, materials. Very nice bag. And they some of the brown one. So don't be surprised <laughs> if an order comes in for the brown one soon. I don't know. But um Thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, thanks again for coming on the program as well. We definitely appreciate you. Um, you know, again, it's really to encourage and inspire other people to do the things that we are doing, becoming entrepreneurs. The thing I always say to people, don't do it unless you really love it. Because if not, you're wasting time and you're wasting your financial resources. And there's nothing better than pouring time and money into something you are intrinsically connected with versus you're forcing something because you're trying to get the dollar. You know, you're trying to be popular. I think, in my opinion, that never works in a satisfactory manner. That's just my my feeling, my thoughts. No, and you're right. And I tell people when you're dealing with people who are creatives, realize their energy is really in those products. That's why when people are like, oh, did you make jewelry? I'm like, honestly, I haven't been in the mood. And part of it is that if you're just doing stuff to do it, people can see it. It's going to show somewhere, okay? It's going to show through your product. It's going to show through your platform. It's going to show some kind of way. So the, the thing about it is I always tell, tell you people to take time for yourself and don't force it, okay? But more importantly, be genuine with what you're doing. I love making jewelry because when I start getting into it, and people laugh at me when I say this, I don't realize how fly my items are until somebody else is wearing it. And I'm like, wait, I knew it was cute when I made it, but I wasn't sure. But then when I see it on somebody, I'm like, wait, maybe I should have made one for myself or maybe I should have kept this one on the low. So, and the thing about it is that, no, I'm very simple. And people are like, you kind of humble. I said, no, it's not even that. And people tell me, and I'm like, I know it's, I know what it is. But when somebody else is wearing your item, that's a different type of energy that you start to get. And it gives you that confidence 
to keep going. And that's the reason why I keep going the way that I am. Like, K-Fit has my bag. She hit me up and was like, oh, my God, I'm unboxing it. It came in this box and everything like that. And, you know, even the simplest things as packaging, you know, gives that energy. And you're like, wait, I, and this is me thinking, I could have done a better job. Maybe I should have done it this way. But, you know, getting that energy and seeing what people see when you look at your jewelry, because when you start out making it, you're not sure. And then you look at it, you're like, it's cute. But then when you see somebody else rocking it, look, I the assurity's right there. I did this keynote for a government agency, high-profile agency, right? So the speech was over. I finished talking. I'm signing autographs, signing books. And this one lady comes in and said, hey, hey, thanks for coming in. Look, she said, she had my book. She said, my husband got the book already. He read it. He told me it was excellent. I can't wait to uh, read it. And I was like, you got to say that on tape. Hold on. We got videotape this. <laughs> I didn't expect it. But like you say, the energy is so unique and so more meaningful when you hear it, the compliment from someone, especially when you don't expect it. But exactly. Look, look, but, oh, we're out of time. I'm sorry. I want to respect your time as well. Um, we got to okay. have you back. Maybe we can do like um, a QVC when you can, you know, talk about your stuff <laughs> or something like that. Have you and Kate not there, a problem, you know, but thank you again. Hold on. Don't go anywhere yet. Hey, folks, if you okay. um, have been watching in real time, please, you can still leave comments, ask questions um, and by all means, check out the website, get your gifts, your products for the holiday season. Take advantage of everything that we've discussed here. And uh, like always, I say, you've got to radiate the brain and change the game.